Hey, it's Margot Tantow here. Welcome to Windowsill Chats, a podcast for creatives and the creatively curious. I am so glad you're here. I've spent decades working with artists and being one myself. I've spent time in the trenches, figuring out the best way to get something made, how to put oneself out there, how to get your work noticed, and pull yourself up and face the next challenge. Windowsill Chats brings you creativity from a global perspective, as I talk in depth to friends I've met along the way. I'm here to bring their stories to you, as well as a few of my own, and see if there's anything you can pull out for yourself. Maybe a laugh, something you can relate to, and definitely a little bit more community for your quiet corner. So grab a cup of tea or coffee or a glass of wine and join me over in my sunny windowsill. Yes, I need your trouble. So glad you have found your way to the windowsill today. This week's conversation, as my editor Katie said, will have you holding on to your windowsill as I talk to Maria Brito. And we have just a super honest and expansive conversation around creativity. I just loved talking to Maria from distractions to mindset, habits, and so many more things. We just dive into it all. I'll tell you a little bit more about Maria after I read this week's review. Thank you, DC Pinner. A sunny windowsill for all. I feel so lucky to be able to hear Margo's voice and soulful and gentle encouragement each episode. I listen to a ton of podcasts, but this is the only one I listen to every day. Even listening to old episodes on days when there isn't a new one. It just makes me feel good. That good. At 40, I want to start again and be an artist. At a point in this process when I don't even whisper that out loud in my own home, I feel like I get to swim and soar inside this colorful dream every time I turn on a new episode. Thanks, Margo. And thanks to all of you who tune in and support this awesome lady too. Oh my gosh, DC Pinner, that was so awesome. Thank you for listening and re-listening and encouraging myself and all of us out there. Really, you can do it. I know you can. I completely, completely completely have faith in all of you. It's just about, you know, finding sometimes it's that needle in the haystack. Sometimes it's that right path. I think you really like, as I mentioned, this fantastic conversation with Maria today. Maria Brito is an award-winning New York-based contemporary art advisor, author, and curator. A Harvard graduate, originally from Venezuela, her first monograph, out there, published by Pointed Leaf Press in 2013, was the recipient of the Best Book Awards in both the art and design categories. Maria was selected by Complex Magazine as one of the 20 power players in the art world, and she was named by Art News as one of the visionaries who gets to shape that art world. She has written for publications such as Entrepreneur, Huffington Post, Elle, Forbes, Artnet, Cultured Magazine, Goop, Departures, and the Gulf Coast Journal of Literature and Fine Arts from the University of Houston, Texas. 
and we get to talk to her right here today. She is just a colorful delight. For several years, Maria has taught her creativity course in companies, and in 2019, she launched Jumpstart, an online program on creativity for entrepreneurs based on years of research and observation in both the areas of business and art. In Maria's words, she says, I'm absolutely convinced that creativity is not only the most important skill for anyone to succeed as an entrepreneur, but I have also developed a methodology after 10 years studying the art, business, and science of creativity and thousands of hours of research and practice that allows creativity to be learned. In this particular time, many people feel stuck because they don't know how to access their most creative faculties. And Maria can help you with that. In 2019, she also created and hosted The Sea Files with Maria Brito, a TV and streaming series for PBS's new station, All Arts. So there are a lot of places to check out Maria. And I think after this conversation, you're going to want to do that. You can find Maria on her website, www.mariabrito.com. And there's loads of other places that are listed in the show notes. So if you hop on over to Tanto Studio, you can find those there. Maria and I discuss all sorts of great things. For instance, why she quit her lofty six-figure career as a lawyer to become an art advisor shortly after giving birth to her first child, the importance of her work to enforce the idea that anyone can be creative, and other facts that are actually rooted in science, how our distractions nullify our creativity, the advantage of being an outsider to an industry or field you want to be in. I love that. How to actually allow and embrace change in your life, how creativity is closely related to abundance and success, and finding middle ground, civil discourse, and the art of listening. So if that doesn't tempt you enough, I just hope you will sit back and truly enjoy this conversation. I had not met Maria before we were able to chat, and I'll tell you what, I feel like I gained a wonderful friend. So here she is. I am so pleased, Maria, that you reached out to me. Thank you so much. I'm just excited to dig in and find out more about you. I'm excited about being here with you, Margo, and uh, very honored because I love your podcast. So I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you. Well, I mean, I'm sure we could spend hours talking because in the in the few little bits that we've had before I press go, I was like, oh, my gosh, we should be recording this. But I just I kind of want to know. So we just met, although I've read lots about you. Tell the audience a little bit about Maria. And I wish you could see her. She has this beautiful, colorful top on. She's just radiating and she's my new best friend. So here you go. We haven't even talked yet. (laughs) Thank you, Margo, for the intro. And I am an art advisor based in New York City, and I was originally born and raised in Venezuela, and I moved to the United States in the late 90s to go to law school, believe it or not. And I graduated, and I came to New York City to work as an attorney, and I was loathing it because I was always a person with a lot of an artistic sense. I uh, grew up in a family that appreciated a lot of art, but it was a hobby for them. It was like we go to the museums and we go to uh, the ballet and we go to theater and we appreciate film because it's very enriching. But, you know, you don't work on that, you know, and so it's just something we observe. Yeah. So I had to I had to sort of like believe in that for my own sanity too, right? I mean, you're you're a child, you're a teenager, and people are washing your brain every day with all this bullshit. People meet my parents and things like that, mm-hmm. right? 
And so I, I did that and I worked many years in, uh, in big law firms that actually served Wall Street and things like that. Mm-hmm. And one day I had my first child and I was like, you know what? I am really not going back to that law firm. Actually, I did go back because yeah. I did go back, but just for four or five months because it was the end of the year and it was a confusing time when the Bernie Madoff, you know, the whole scandal of that and the banks. Lots going apart. on. Yeah. So I was like, you know, it was very, it was very confusing. So I went back with just for five months and then I, I, I quit and I said, I'm going to open my own business and it's going to be art centric. And I don't have a background. I mean, a formal background. I don't have a formal education and I don't have no experience. And at that time I was 32 or 33 and I'm like, I'm too old, you know, to try to go and build something inside of like, let's say an auction house. I mean, that was my thinking. Like I was too old to go and do things for somebody and gain the experience that I just really didn't have. I said, you know what? The hell with this. I'm just going to go and open the business. I have been a, you know, a small collector of certain things in New York. I already know how this works. Right. That, that was me thinking I knew how it works. Uh, the truth <laughs> is I didn't, but I, I, you know, it's been 13 years since then. So now I do know how it works. Right. And uh, I, uh, open this company that has been the best thing that has happened to me other than building my family. Right. And I, you know, I, I, when I look back, first of all, I can't even believe that I was tied to a desk 12 and 13 and 14 hours a day. And the other thing is, it's also what a radical change, man. I went from like hanging out with bankers to being in studios with artists all day long to having these amazing clients that I serve and I get to build their art collections, working with many different things that I do. I work people in companies, helping them unlock their creativity. And so it's been a very, very massive shift that, um, you know, I am very proud, but I also, I, I intend to spread a little bit of what I know, not only about the art world, but what I know about embracing one's talents and passions Mm -hmm. and authenticity and making money out of it too, because there's no such thing as, and not in my world, this kind of resistance and and drama and, and, uh, you know, all this hatred for money that, you know, no, man, I need to pay my bills. I live in New York City. It's very expensive. Thank you. You know, I have kids. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, um, I think it's, it's like important to know that it's possible to do many things that come from your drive and not just like the stupid talk that people say, oh, you know, do what you love and the money will come. It's not that, you know, there are a lot of things that need to happen for the money to come. But I also think it's important for people to feel that there is something for each one of us out there that it holds all the opportunity and all the magic of what the purpose of us humans, you know, individually are meant to bring to this world. I love that you say it that way. And I know that one of the things you mentioned in the notes ahead of time was that you're convinced that creativity is one of the most important skills. And, you know, when you think back to so many of us are trained or led to the path that you, maybe you're creative or maybe you like creativity, but you need to do this thing in order to make your mark in the world, in order to survive, in order to be the child that we 
are raising, you know, whatever the, the scenario might be. But I think, you know, finding your niche in that, and especially if you are creative and, and again, I want to, I want to speak to that because a lot of people think they aren't creative, but they are. I mean, you grew up being exposed to a lot of creativity and it was in you. So it's, you found your way through that. And I think being, being somebody that just says, I'm going to figure this out because you might not have the funds to, you know, do it an easy way. You might not have the connections, but you, you figure it out if it's important. You nailed a few very important things. And one is this myth around what is to be creative and what does creativity mean. And I think that this is part of one of the most important journeys that I have myself put myself into, because I think that, you know, if everybody were to be creative and really dig into those ideas and talents, the world will be such a different place. And and this is what I mean by that. Honestly, it sounds so cliche, but this is the truth. Creativity is your unique ability to come up with ideas of value. That's Mm -hmm. it. It doesn't mean that you have to know how to paint or how to take pictures or how to crochet or cook in a specific way. No, I think that we have to also kind of be able to bring back the creative to everybody and not just leave it at the realm of the arts, for example, right? Because we have guys like Steve Jobs, who were some of the most creative minds in history, Mm -hmm. who was not a painter. And we have people like Elon Musk. He's controversial and very strange. And whatever it is, I'm not here to judge his moves in life and how much early money he pays. That's not my problem. What I know is that He's not painting and he's not sculpting and probably he's not even cooking and he's extraordinarily creative. Right. Right. And so we have, I think, right. We, we all, I I believe in the idea that we all come to this world and have a responsibility to leave it in a better place than how we found it. And we might not be able to shift consciousness of the population of the world, but we might be able to impact a certain amount of people with our actions and our convictions and our beliefs. And so Mm -hmm. one of the most important convictions in my book is let's actually enforce this idea that anybody can be creative. And one of the first things we have to do is to claim it Mm -hmm. for ourselves. And I have devoted an inordinate amount of time to reading studies and interviewing professors in Ivy League schools and things like that to gather this information from them. And also out of gathering everything that I have learned from all the artists that I've worked with, I've, you know, I've worked with 450 different artists around the world in many different capacities. And so I think that what I am trying to do with my newsletter, with my course, with my upcoming book is to bridge that gap that exists between the person who is working at an office anywhere in the world or, and, and says, I cannot come up with better ideas and therefore I'm going to be replaced or I can't shift my business and the pandemic is going to eat it up mm-hmm. or I am not able to turn this practice, whatever it is, into something that is profitable because I can't figure it out. Right. And so my objective with all the other things that I'm doing that are 
related to my work as an art advisor, but are also having different implications is to invite people to appreciate and understand that intrinsically, each one of us is born fully creative. And it has been proven by studies. I mean, it, this is science. It's not woo-woo. It's not me meditating on a rug. I mean, it's not, you know, levitating. It's it's right. proven by science. You know, children have been measured in creative creativity tests and 90% of the children ages five and six always score at the highest percentile of that and whatever. And then you follow the same kids. And when they get to the age of 40 or 30, actually only 1% of them is ranking in the high percentile of what it mm. is to actually utilize your brain mm. to the maximum capability, yeah. right? And what that does as adults is that because we learn in school in a formal system that is super old and that, you know, it's actually pushing still like standardized tests and, you know, circle the best answer in BS like that, that really right. honestly, it's it's not necessarily anything that measures anything because we have been also conditioned so much by media and this and that. Then we start developing all these blind spots. And, and what the, the blind spots are doing is that we're missing everything that's happening in the periphery, everything that is happening that is not necessarily in front of our eyes because also we're drowned with technology. Our attention spam is like low and low and low. You know, every day we get less attention spam because we have a new distraction, a new Instagram, a new TikTok, a new thing. And it's very counterproductive for anybody who really want to bring the best out of their ideas to see the light of the world. Right. It is so interesting to see how it works and to see you have kids and little things come along. Like my boy is 13 and peer pressure. I mean, all the way along, but his friends are starting to shift out. He's a musical theater kid, but his friends are starting to do more team sports and really shift like it's cross country or it's crew or it's, you know, and the friends that might've done musical theater with him are kind of shifting away. So I can just see his wheels going, well, maybe I shouldn't do that anymore, but he loves it so much. So it's, it's things like that, you know, where somebody makes one comment, a teacher makes one comment or a parent or whatever. But um, I think one of the other things that's, you know, I've talked about on here before, but what define success for you? Like if you distill it, when you had that first baby or, you know, whatever, whatever that moment is where it's a whisper in your head, where what matters, do you want to get dressed up and go to work every day and sit in that office and work with bankers? Or would you like to work with artists? And would you like to put those heels on every day? Or maybe would you like to wear, you know, flip-flops one day and be working at the beach? What is that list of things that mat things that matter to you. And if you can refine that and use that as your guide, you know, even working in creative companies for me, which I've been lucky to do, but sometimes a large company, a large creative company gets fairly far away from being grassroots creative because there's, it's too big. It's, there's too much to operate. So if one of your things that define success for you is working with working directly with artists, and you can't do that in a big company, then how else can you shift that? And it's just, I just love how you, it must've felt so amazing to start to realize that you could create this different creative life. It was one of the biggest aha moments of my life, hands down, because I think that when you, when I look back and 
the decisions that I actually pursued, like saying, I'm going to quit this. It was a six figure job, very nice. And all the safety and it's almost like, I mean, literally impossible. They fire you. Not only that, I was like Latina, just had a baby, you know, I mean, lots of things. Yeah. But I mean, I was working, don't, you were don't get me wrong, you know, but like, it was so safe. Yeah. But I was so miserable. So at that time, I had the weight of being in a place and doing something I absolutely hated. I just couldn't get out of bed. I had to, but it was just this sadness, right? I mean, it was, I was so sad. And at the same time, I had, when when my child was born, who's also 13, he's the oldest, when he was born and I was looking at him and I was thinking for myself, what am I going to teach this child? Am I going to teach him that I sold myself and my soul to the devil for 250,000 or whatever it was 300? I don't listen, whatever. What do you want for him? You know, and what am I going to teach him? And this is horrible. You know, I just like I, I did not like anything in my life. I mean, I like the baby. I like the family that I had and my husband, but I just felt that I was in golden handcuffs and I didn't want to do that anymore. And so not safe is not very exciting all the time. No, 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 no. I I was, I was, you know, and and it it was a huge thing because imagine nobody believed me actually. Here's the deal. Yeah. Your family must. No, 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 no. Everybody was like, he had, she's, uh, you know, has a lot of hormones. Maybe she's on the verge of a postpartum depression thing or, you know, so there were all these things because it was so integrated, right? Like having a baby and going back and not like, so all these things were lining up against me in a way that Mm. people thought I was crazy. Like literally, like, what is she doing? You know, she leaves, she, she's but I was like, I'm going to prove all, the, all of them wrong because I want to do this because I'm good at it because I have very good intuition and good at, I'm, I'm good. I'm a good learner. I'm good with people. I have good taste. I mean, this is me, right? Like ranking my, right. my abilities and my, and it, whether it was right or wrong, I think that the time has proven that I was right. But the, the truth is that you have to look at yourself and what the things that you do with enormous honesty. And so this is what I did. And it was free and it was scary. But, you know, there was also something inside of me and my heart and my head or something that always told me, do not give up on this. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'm engaged in projects right now, like in my lab and things that are really big. And my mind doesn't tell me give up or anything. But sometimes I'm like, this might not play out the way I think. Right. <laughs> like, you Often. know what? <laughs> But but in that time, I was so convinced that I was doing the right thing and that I was going to find my way and support and success. Because one thing is you can do something and you can do it well and still not be successful and you can do something and do it, you know. But I was like, I am going to be the best at this and I'm going to get noticed no matter what. And I think it was a lot of first my drive and determination, but also Mm -hmm. there was this very fresh mind and I was an outsider. And so when you are an outsider, you have an advantage. I agree. You don't know anything. (laughs) So you don't know anything. You can come in and disrupt because you don't have the blind spots that I, I mentioned before. I, I couldn't agree with that more. I just love it when somebody doesn't have all the information because so often I think when we have a dream like that, we feel like we should see the whole thing played out. And all you need to know is that you have the determination 
and that you can start. And I'm sure every single project, I mean, if you're listening and you're, you know, you have a project you're working on, it might be really hard, but you just take it one pencil mark at a time or one call to a, you know, display house at a time or one print on that wallpaper at a time or whatever it is, but you have the passion for it. You have the passion for it. And if you have that, you don't need to know what the end is going to look like. Cause if you do, you often won't have the best result. If you let it unfold, it's going to, and, and you have that, that determined vision, then such beautiful things happen. I mean, I didn't know how this podcast was going to look a year after I started. I didn't know how any of the things should be. I wouldn't live where I live. You know, we, we wouldn't do the things we do if we didn't just believe that we could in some way. There is a principle of allowing always. And allowing is something that a lot of people struggle with because you want to bend everything to be exactly like you think it should be. And I'm not discarding the idea that when people set themselves certain goals that they might or they may very well materialize the way that you mm -hmm. envision. I think visions are very important, actually. But one thing is, this is the end result of what I'm, you know, sort of living with right now in my mind as a vision. Yeah. Yeah. And the path is a whole other thing. And so yeah, if, if, right. any, if, if you want to have the end result and the path is a roller coaster, yeah. you still get the end result, right? right? And that's the thing. So the allowing is a very critical part of actually being creative because you have to be willing to deal with the unexpected. You have to be willing to embrace change and to open up to see the different possibilities of what a certain thing can be. And that certain thing can be also be, could be potentially killing a project, mm -hmm. ripping off a part of a business, starting some artwork from scratch again, uh, right. shifting gears. So it is important to be able to breathe in for a second and allow things to happen to you, not force them. Yes. Yes. I do. I agree. I think it's the path. That's the part that obviously takes those twists and turns that, that just make it that much richer. I think it's amazing when you put something out into the, into the universe, if you claim it, if you claim that space, if you say, this is how I want to show up, this is the business that I want to make for myself and for others, doors really start to open because you've, you've aligned those goals for yourself and that vision of what it can be. And you start to see it. It's, it just starts to make sense. And then you can step into it. It's a lot of intention, right? Like we have the power of setting intentions and it, it, like I am sometimes even trying to figure out how to say these things in a way that don't sound like self-help books and cheap things and this and that, right? But I think once I understood the intention behind each one of my actions, I was much more successful and I saw better outcomes because... Mm -hmm. Part of the, the things that I was talking to you before is that I feel that I have this now that I've grown the business so much, now that I have all the respect and the clients and things like that, I have this important part of me that wants to spread out this idea of let's all 
get into a creative mindset, even yeah. if you are an accountant yes. or whatever you do, so much. right? And the, the, when you work with an intention of impacting people in a positive way, right. it's, it's very unlikely that things are going to go wrong. In other words, may not pay out the same exact way that you wrote it or you put it on the vision board or whatever might it is. Be better but might be better or might be different, or it might be a stepping stone. And I like to see setbacks as opportunities yep. to learn. And also things are not random. Things are not really random. And right. there, there, there is always our reaction or, or if we are proactive or if we just take the lesson and move on. And I, I want to make sure that I have the intention always of how am I being of service to mm-hmm. my, my readers, to my clients, to my followers on social media, because the point is to serve people with a level of excellence, not perfection, right. but a right. level of excellence. And that takes time and effort. It, the bar is generally very low. If you think about it, you know, yeah. there's bad customer service everywhere. There are people who just put crap out in the world. There are people with so much anger. And that's not for me, at least where I'm going with my energy. I am putting my energy into wanting to shift certain awareness in certain people and invite them. Also, I'm extending an invitation for them to partake of my ideas. Like them, great. If you do not, I hope you were not offended or I hope you learned something new. Well, with all the artists you've worked with and all the ideas you've gathered, the conversations you've had, the interviews you've done, I mean, I just absolutely love your approach, or not, not your approach, your, your belief, your, the foundation of your work, the creativity is available to all of us. So how are you accessing that for people? How are you helping them find that? Most people come to me, first of all, with this idea that they are not creative and that it's if they've had some ideas in the past that they materialized, it was just pure luck, which is part of like the imposter syndrome yes. type of thing. And I have to, to put them in this idea of an, uh, the mindset of abundance is closely related to creativity and success. And the abundance is one of the first steps that people have to do by claiming and being open and and having this flow of ideas and not necessarily going with the lack, which is I can't, I'm not good at this, I'm not creative, I'm just another one, no, I'm not unique, I don't have anything else. So one of the first things I talk to my students in my online course and or people companies who call me is like allow yourself to be alive in the here and now and allow yourself to breathe in and pay attention to what's happening because so many things are around you that you're not necessarily grasping or you're not necessarily paying attention to. And I'm going to give you an example of that. Uh, When the NFT craze happened at the very beginning of the year with Beeple selling his video for $69 million Mm. at Christie's, all my clients went crazy and calling me, how is this possible? It's a fraud. It's what is said. I don't understand. And I said to him, him, no, them, because there were many, right? But I, right. I remember one in particular who was very, you know, animated by this whole thing. And I said, were you actually paying attention to the whole cryptocurrency thing? Because you work in finance and yeah, but you know, it's BS and this and that. And I said, look, 
I mean, there is a whole host of things happening around you that you're not paying attention. You have kids, you know, your kids are playing with crypto and you missed an opportunity to not to buy this, but to actually create something in a space that is already saturated now. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. and so because this is an investor who puts money into online ventures and this could have been. And so now if it's a little I mean, it's still in its infancy, art and NFT together, but people were not paying attention. And the auction houses actually were paying attention. Yeah. You see, that's the thing. And so it's important for people to to be in the moment. And I know we are flooded with information all the time. But I think that when you see a small, and this is so important for creativity, when you see a small trend, when you see something in the margins, when mm. you start and it's important to apply pattern recognition, if I am seeing people doing one thing and I am seeing my kids doing it. And then I hear a friend saying it. And then I open up a my Instagram browser and there is something about that. Then you have to take a note of that. Yes. It might not be necessary for your business. It might lead into something else. I think one of the most um, important principles of creativity is the association of things that are not commonly visible, right? I mean, things that you put together that are not... Uh, they are not necessarily what you see and they are not necessarily what your neighbor sees. And that this is where the uniqueness of us and our own history, our own backgrounds, the places that we grew up yeah. in, the, the people that we interact, this is all informing the uniqueness. There is no other Margot in the world. There is no other Marie in the world like we right. are. Right. And this is where people also trip up the most. Oh, it's been done already. I said, yes, shit. I mean, everything's been done. The truth is, right. but nobody has done it the way you do. Nobody, nobody brings your story to it. Nobody brings your story. Nobody brings your experiences. And so when you speak up those things, you start realizing that you do have ideas, that you do have stories to tell, that you do have a creative, a wealth. All of us have millions, like seriously, millions of dollars inside of us buried. Mm -hmm. Also because, and this is super important, we're so afraid of what someone is going to think. And it's crazy. And if people work for companies, if I say this, they are going to make fun of me or my boss is going to get mad yep. at me or things like that. So this state of being completely hidden, right? Mm -hmm. And not really, it's actually leaving, it's doing a disservice to everything, to corporations, to people and to the customers who could benefit from this improvement. And I think that we're going to see a lot more of this. I just recently came you know, in front of one of the studies that links uh, emotions and creativity in the workplace and in business is, is very recent. It was published in March by mm. professors from work and from the London School of Economics. And so it says that the teams in companies that actually allow negative and positive emotions to come. And I, by this, I don't mean people are just going to cry and cut a vein. No, that, that's not what I mean. But what I'm saying is if you are allowed when you can come forward and criticize something because not because you just want to destroy a project, but because you don't think that's the right way to to do something. Or if you have certain reservations or if you have a better idea, you say, look, I mean, I right. think that please say it. And if you are the boss and you're listening to this, try to instill a sense of safety in yes. your employees. So because nobody should be fired or blackballed or canceled for speaking their minds about something that could be done better or differently.
Right. Although many of us, many of us have been challenged by that. Well, I, you know, because there is such an old school mentality and what you said before about big companies is absolutely true. We are also fortunate to have around us a lot of people who have their own little spaces in big companies like the designers of yeah. Apple. Nobody can touch the designers at Apple, for example, right? Like, I mean, they are in a, in a special room or whatever division of the company. And actually, they run the show because without design, it will be very difficult to think of Apple like the way that we think about what mm -hmm. they've brought to the world. It right? wouldn't and, be here if, if they weren't no. allowed to do that. So it's it's I think it's important for for everybody who run businesses to have this allowance, the allowance of ideas. I mean, nobody should feel threatened because your people are better than you. And the best leaders in the world surround themselves with better people than they are, you know, because they know they need better competences all the time. Like if you think about it and let's go to the example of Apple, the people Steve was not a programmer and he was not a coder. And, he, you know, this was a marketing guy with a million of ideas. And he yeah. many times had no clue how those pieces were going to come together. And his engineers and his design team cried bitter tears because they said, how in the world we're going to do what he says. And he said, <laughs> I don't know. You're going to make it happen. Right. Yeah. Because he knew he trusted that those people were so capable and they were so insanely talented that they could do it. And it was no threat to him. He died as a CEO of Apple and the man who changed the world. He, he was yeah. not threatened at all. No. He had his issues, but being threatened by his by his employees was not one of them. And I think that it also comes from the same idea that I told you about abundance and generosity and a mentality where you actually feel that everybody is contributing to the greater good of something. And I 100% believe in this kind of like, if you go with an energy and a mentality of lack, lack of trust, yes. fear, yep. it's not going to turn out right. And if you actually, and look, I mean, sometimes you go with the best energy and the best trust and things go wrong. And right. Absolutely. But, but I but ways. I can't guarantee you that the majority of the time, the way you show up, the energy, energy can be felt before you even enter your room, the room where you're going to go. And it's unconscious. And some of us are more prone to feeling those things and whatnot. But I think it's it's crucial that we start working on the mentality of corporate America to allow for changes because We've been challenged, so challenged. The yes. past 18 months is like mm. running a Ferrari on a racetrack and trying at the same time to upgrade it and learn how to, you know, I don't yeah. know how to drive a Ferrari, but it was like everything so fast and every turn and everything. And dude, I mean, yeah. wow. <laughs> so, <laughs> now what? Exactly. I think like you said, just about Steve Jobs having, putting that faith in his team. If you can put just that little bit of faith in yourself and it's like, I mean, seriously, I'll have to take a picture of what Maria has on because it's just, if you want, if we were in a meeting and you walked into a room, the sleeves move really cool in a cool way that it's floral. It's got, it's a great cut. So <clears throat> like just those little things, how do you feel today? Can you do something to make yourself feel better? Have your favorite cup of tea, put on your favorite outfit. If you're sitting at home, you know, maybe have art around that you, that you like, or your animals or whatever it is, but trust yourself, make yourself feel good about that thing. Just like, you know, if you can trust, and I know it's not always easy, but if you can trust that, you know, inside you, what it is that makes you 
happy and that makes you tick and you apply that to what you're doing, your projects you're working on or the type of work you want, it will start to align in a way that it might not have. I think that what you said is absolutely true. There is power in everything and there is power in our words and our, our thoughts, the way we look for ourselves. It doesn't matter. Ourselves. It's for ourselves. Yep. There is a level of respect that I owe to myself. And mm -hmm. that's why every day I'm so excited to wake up and explore the day and see what happens. And sometimes I have bad mornings and things happen and I get stressed and I have a bad interaction with something totally. or someone. And I, you know, I have to move on. I have to clear my energy. I try different things. I breathe, I meditate, I do tapping. Everything that is available to me that it doesn't, I don't have to go to a meditation center and pay a hundred bucks an hour right. to sit down with like crystals around me. I can do that anywhere. If I'm sitting on the back of a taxi, sometimes I've been like doing tapping on my eyes and the man is looking through the mirror and I'm like, <laughs> I don't care. You know, I mean, I yeah. just really, I need to I need calm myself right down, <laughs> yeah. you know, and that comes with a obviously experience, right? I'm learning myself how to control my energy and my emotions. And I mean, I like the idea of emotions in, in the business, of course, because I think it's important, but I also don't like the idea that my, my emotions are going to overrun everything and I am going to be angry. I'm going to be, you know, monstrous. No, I just want to be in a position to say, I'm feeling an enormous amount of anxiety right now. How do I calm myself down? What do I need to do? Do I need to breathe? Do I need to do tapping and follow the app? Because I have the app and the whole thing. And, you know, it's a 40, 40 bucks a year kind of thing. So it, nothing here is, is kind of crazy or outside of people's reach. So I'm constantly vigilant of how I feel and the type of energy I'm giving because of the same intention that I said about before is how do I serve my clients, the world, my readers, people with excellence and with positivity? How do, and sometimes I just want to be horrible, but guess what? I try not to, I, I try really not to. And I, it's, it's been a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. Natalie and I wanted to introduce you all to our membership community that we've created called Relish Your Creativity. It's something we're really, really excited about, and we just wanted to share a little bit more of it with you. It's been a few months now in the making, and we built this community to really hone in on clarifying what your creative path is. So we focus on clarity. We want to promote confidence and showing up who you are, authentically you, and be in community with one another. This is a global community with members all over the world. And the richness that comes from these conversations in the community really just moves us all forward in indescribable ways. It's super fun. We have prompts to make you feel creative during the month or that focus on the theme. You know, we have Q&As every month. We have guests. But the most important part, clarity, confidence, and that community part, and making you feel like you have the support of both Natalie and I and the peers in this group to move you forward on the path you're on. And it's been really exciting to see the things that are happening in there and just really to come together. We we do co-working sessions live, and there's just all sorts of ways that... It's just a very comfortable, warm, friendly, welcoming place to be. And we'd love you to be part of it. So to find out more about it, go to www.relishyourcreativity.com. There's so many angles that like, seriously, this could go on for hours because there's so many interesting things that you've done. And I'm sure your stories are endless because of creative work is 
is fascinating. And the clients you've had and the jobs you've done are fascinating. How there's so many ways though, that you're generously putting this information out there. You have a book, more than one, you know, there's books out, there's a book coming. I'm sure people are saying like, how do I find out more about Maria and what is she really doing? And how can I apply that to my self? And how can I take some of these things they're talking about and really make them work for me? Thank you, Margo. There are, well, many levels um, to, to come and hang out with me. You can do it for free. Every Tuesday, I send out a newsletter called The Groove. So if you come to mariabrito.com, there will be a link that says subscribe. And there is another link that says The Groove and Archives, I think, or The Groove and Blog or whatever it says. And that's all the archives. Uh, today, actually, issue 52 went out next week is one year old that I have been doing this. And basically what I'm doing is writing, connecting these dots that sometimes are not necessarily that obvious to people between art history, entrepreneurship, psychology, neuroscience, whatever I can get my hands around. And in any given week that I think it's an important topic that I can offer them to the reader so that they can unlock their own potential. And I, I'm, I'm very conscious about people's time. So nothing takes more than five minutes to read. Mm. And I love it because now I've built a great community of people that are 20,000 emails and I get a lot of great feedbacks. People are like, how do you know that I needed this today? You know, mm-hmm. and so I think that it's a, I feel very privileged to be able to, to do this. It takes an enormous amount of time to research and write it. And, and even if it's just a five minute read a week, even less. But I, I feel that there is a lot there in the archives, as I'm telling you, It'll take people a long time to go through them, but I think there is something for everyone. I have my creativity course is now evergreen. It used to, I used to uh, launch it every eight months or whatever, but I evergreened it and the price is low. And uh, this is where I put everything together in, a, in an easy way for anybody to understand how to actually get creative and get their creative juices going and come up with better ideas and turn their businesses around or their art practices around or anything. And uh, March 2022, I mean, we're far, but there is a book coming uh, by HarperCollins and it's called How Creativity Rules the World. And the subtitle is The Art and Business of Turning Your Ideas into Gold. I just love that so much. I can't wait. I I just set a little goal for myself to be in person at one of your signings. I think that would Yay! be Yay, you know, I hope we don't I, I hope we don't have to do it all uh online. <laughs> I know. Uh, but but I you know, I'll I'll be thrilled to be in Seattle. The, the the truth is and uh you know, I just I'm excited to be able to to get these ideas in a much larger scale that is not just my uh, newsletter or the course but with this, you know, partnership with HarperCollins, the distribution is going to be really, really big. And it's yeah. going international a month after it's going to be published in every country that speaks English. Oh, so um, that's very you know, exciting. That's, it's so funny, right? I mean, like uh, me, a woman with so much accent and whatnot, then, oh, no. you know, the, the book is everywhere in English. Um, but, yes. you know, it's it, but I love there. That's a great point, too, because aren't we all just connected by the same thought don't you know what's creativity creative creativity doesn't have a 
it's its own language, right? And you're saying we all can speak that language. And to have that book coming out, it's been, it will be just almost 10 years since your first book came out when this one comes yes, out. Yes, actually, because it's it's a different thing, you know, and I was in a very different place. Yeah, I and, love that. You know, this is this is this book is a the upcoming book is a textbook is 300 pages. It's not a coffee table. book. I mean, you know, you have to pick what you want to do. Right. It's, yeah. it's yeah, it's a book. It's about thinking and there will probably be a visual companion online because I, you know, refer to so much through art history and the artists that I have worked with that have taught me so much and all these anecdotes of working with really, really big artists and, and what I took from them and how anybody can apply, whether you are, again, the accountant or if you are the artist or if you are the chef, this is valid for anybody. And I made a huge effort to make the book accessible and to write it in a way that is uh customizable and almost like building blocks so Love it's that. almost like a system you know that you have to go through and obviously I have the best intention in the world right like it's like I said before it's it's about getting this to people and if anybody can actually make a change one human being can have less pain than I had when I was sitting in that Wall Street office and feeling depressed and whatever then I have made my mission tangible mm. and then I have changed somebody then I'm happy but I'm sure it's going to be more than one yes it, it will be many more than one and I I love too that all of the experiences you've gained by the work you've done you're willing to share those and and not only that but dig into them you know yes it's all about that I think that there is also not creativity without generosity because mm -hmm. when you are creative you have to put yourself out there in the world with your ideas and your ideas will be taken by others and we have a lot of issues with ownership of ideas right and mm -hmm. and it's okay I mean look patents exist copyrights exist and that's fine nobody likes to be ripped off but I think that once you put your ideas out in the world, you also have to let them be in the world and accept that they will be used. And that's actually the same essence of creativity. We are building things that are new, but we are building them on the foundation of things that are already there and existed, right? We're using yeah. what has been given to us throughout the many, many, many years of civilization, thousands and thousands of years that we can count on the you know, also the written word, which is so important for us to, you know, build up on that and to understand what was done before. So I have, yes, of course, I, I have ownership, you know, uh, issues in the sense that I, you know, I don't want people to rip me off. But at the same time, I'm like, you know what, go ahead and rip me off, because that means that it works, that you caught your attention, that you were interested, that right. it made a difference. And so, and I think that by being more generous, we actually get much more benefits than if we're hoarding and we're keeping things and not sharing them with the world. I remember once I met this very, very beautiful fashion stylist and she had worked with Beyonce and she had worked with Rihanna and, it, and you know, she had a, she was not that young, but let's say she was in her mid forties and a very beautiful woman too. And she said, you know, all my most important things, I keep them in a website that nobody can access, only like people with a password. And I was like, mm -hmm. but why? She said, because I don't want the other stylists to like rip me off and, you know, 
they put together the looks for the magazines and the editorials. And I was like, you know, I, I mean, it was not my place to have a fight with her or anything, but I, <laughs> but I was thinking for myself, couldn't she actually be more influential if yes. she actually shares this with the world and says, this is what I do. And these are the looks that I've created throughout this 20 or 30 year career that I've had in fashion, which is a very important thing. But no, she said, no, I don't share that. It's under a password. I don't put it on Instagram. Mm -hmm. People rip me off. Okay. You know, to each their own. I mean, that's a really interesting thing to think about because you can take the stand to be a change maker and, and have, and not that we need visual proof. I mean, that comes, if you're a change maker, that comes along with being a change maker, whatever that looks like. But that's really interesting because I, I know a lot of, we've been having this conversation just about password protected portfolios. Like I I know there's a lot of people that think that's really important. It stops me from looking at that portfolio. It, it's just an extra step. And I'm like, oh, I don't know where to find that. And I'm, I don't have time, but I love your thought. Your point to that is show what you can do, show how your brain works, show your thinking, you're, you're making a difference. You're making your mark and it's up to that artist, any artist to keep reinventing themselves at the same time and sharing their new learnings. Cause we have that every day. You know, it is, I have, um, you know, again, I have a very generous stand and, uh, when I post things on Instagram of new artists, I know, like, I know all these collectors and people go after them, like, Oh my God, Oh my God. And, you know, if I wanted to keep them hidden just for myself, what's the point? Then the, the artist, I am not someone who has a gallery that people actually can come and I can bring that. But, but it's very interesting because I've known of other people's like, no, I'm not putting anything on Instagram because now everybody's going to know. And then I'm going to lose access to these artists. And I, I'm like, but, you know, the artists will find a way anyway, you know, yeah. and. And I, Why and I not share because, you know, this is a very old school mentality and yeah. it's uh, we are in a very different world. And I didn't necessarily I wasn't born with an iPad under my, my arms and I wasn't and I, you know, I mean, I, I had to learn like you had and adapt to all this social media thing and whatnot. But now that we are in the thick of it, we might as well just do it, you know, exactly. I mean, and, and do it, do it with, with have fun with it. generosity and with yes. heart. And, you know, like, mm-hmm. as I'm telling you, I don't I, like all this, this actually pisses me off and I'm sorry, but people who charge for newsletters, that pisses me off tremendously, you know, like, oh, if you want to be in my newsletter, you have to pay. What? I'm, you know, I'm putting, I'm, I'm, I'm a mother. <laughs> I'm a wife. I have a business. I have people who depend employees and I'm writing a newsletter that takes me hours to put together every week and I do it for free because right. I think it's important. It's important. And I'm not charging you a cent. Yes, the course, yes, I'm charging because it's highly produced and it took me a lot of time and I have to pay for the host. The host is expensive and whatever. But, you know, it's it's actually important to put the ideas out there because I don't need to charge for my newsletter. I am in service of the people who actually right. want to learn something and connect and form community with me and debate. I am welcome right. to debate. You know, you want to write me back and say, this is crap, do it. I mean, I don't know how I'm going to react, but if you, if that's what you feel, that's okay. I'm okay yeah. with that. Yeah. You know, I, it's true. I, I really think people challenge me too. Like, you know, why aren't you making money off of this, that, or this? And I never, you know, there's ways to make money. Certainly there's jobs to take on and etc. but generosity and it's the genuineness. Like, I don't know. How would that look if I 
if I wasn't my genuine self and I didn't put my genuine self out there, it would come across as false, I think. Yeah. So I, especially to a creative and, and somebody who's sitting there thinking, okay, this, this is making sense, but my head is swirling. Like, how do I, I want to be like Maria and leave my desk and go do that thing. Well, it's just, it's starting to think about how all this ties together for you and how you can, you can share your true self out there and continue to, to evolve and learn things and ask those questions and, and know what matters to you. And I don't know, it's, it's a, hopefully, you know, people talk about retiring and I think as a creative, you know, I do, I do have a creative job. So, and I, I will never retire because, you know, I might change what I do. Maybe I'll just, you know, sit in a chair and podcast when I'm 94, who knows, but you know, I, when you're creative, you never have to stop. You just shift. Yeah. And, and so I love the learning that we can get from, from the, um, all the work you've done. I can't wait to dig in. I can't wait till this book launches. And there's a lot out there um, that you've already put out there. And I'm so glad you're at 52 weeks plus on your newsletter. Yep. And you know, it's, it's just, like you said, it's putting together these ideas. It's sharing them with each other. It's saying that we can change things. We can make a difference. It doesn't all have to be, you know, run the way it has been forever. It's up to us. Yes. And, you know, also it's important to understand the limitations of certain things, right? And one newsletter probably is not going to change your life. And one blog post is probably not going to change your life, but it's the accumulation of thoughts and ideas and how you use them in your day to day. What actually makes a difference because big, important changes in life only happen a little bit at a time. And that's what progress is. It's one little bit at a time. Mm -hmm. And I think that we live in this era of instant gratification. You push a button, Amazon comes the next second, you know, things happen. I want it now. I want it now. Mm -hmm. And there are certain limitations, the laws of nature, things that actually are take time, you know, I mean, behaviors take time to change, fortunes take time to make uh, and, and to keep because that's the other yeah. thing, right? I mean, yes. you can win the lottery keep. tomorrow and we know, <laughs> we know that most people win the lottery and they don't have any money. They lose it within a year or two because it's like they don't have the mentality. They are, it's a very unfamiliar feeling, whatever, but this is not the topic for today. It's, um, <laughs> I think, I think a little bit of knowledge every day and a little bit of uh, openness and uh, and the desire, right? Like the, the right. claiming when we talked about before are certainly the steps to introduce change and introduce abundance and introduce interesting things into your life. And it's been already proven that, neuro, you know, the neuroplasticity and changing the brain, the minimum it takes to change a habit or to rewrite a habit on top of an old one, because that's actually right. easier. It's easier to rewrite than to say you have to like give up on that. It takes 66 days at the minimum, at the mm-hmm. very minimum. So people have to have a little bit of patience with progress, with creativity, yes, with coming up with ideas. And it, it only takes is a lot of... Um, it's a lot of little things, you know, mm-hmm. I, I tell my students and this is vital and it's, it's, it's mentioned in 
book at Nosham is make sure you use every day a pencil or a pen and a piece of paper to jot down your ideas, to do some, I mean, journaling. It just sounds so corny, but please, it's just like, you don't have to, it's not your diary. You can, you can write like a page of like angry thoughts, right? Whatever it is. And the reason is because we are losing the motor skills also that go with holding a pen and being grounded in the moment, nothing really, I mean, besides my meditation, and sometimes I get distracted and it doesn't work, but nothing really grounds me as much as holding a pen in a silent room and writing for about 10 minutes or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. It could be, you know, just free writing and, and just, you know, a stream of consciousness, whatever it is, because I can't do anything else. In other words, if I am holding a pen and I am, when I'm typing on a computer, I'm looking at a screen, I'm listening to this, something is happening. There is a podcast on the background. Well, I mean, it could happen too if you're writing something, but I made a point that and my brain, honestly, if I'm writing down something and I am utilizing my hands and I'm utilizing my eyes and I'm utilizing my brain, there's no space for anything else, but just for the ideas to flow. Yes. And this is something that in creativity is vital and people don't want to do it. And people from companies call me and say, we're not writing. I mean, and I'm like, then, you know, I don't know if you ever heard the story of Brené Brown, that companies were calling her and saying, we want you to come here and teach us creativity, but please do not say anything about guilt shame or vulnerability and she's like i'm not going you know what i mean like (laughs) all i do is that all i do is that you know that's the center of my of my studies is people are not getting the best out of what they do because guilt shame and a lack of vulnerability anyway but yes if you're any for your audience anybody's listening try to write on a piece of paper with your hands every day, at least for 10 minutes. Stream of consciousness is yeah. fine. Notes, ideas, expressions, anger, whatever yeah. it is, but try. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. I have, you know, some of the people I work with chuckle because I have all these notebooks and they're all full. And I know it's not always straight. My notes are on the corners or it's, but I know where everything is. And I, those thoughts come out and they're captured for me they're captured better than if they were all in the same format on some word document, you know, somewhere. So I agree. Well, you know, I I am glad that you can actually speak about this too, because it's very, very important. Yeah, I agree. I love it. I have a pen, many pens that I love in my hand right now. You know, I love finding out who's inspiring people. And even though I want to talk to you for another hour, (laughs) I'm not going to take your time. Who's inspiring you right now? Tell me a few. That's an interesting question. Look, I am inspired by strong leadership that comes from a place of generosity and not anger. I'm very inspired by Amanda Gorman. Mm -hmm. I think she comes with generosity, with heart, with beauty, and not from a place of anger and lack. And I don't have this. And I mean, she's, um, she's doing it beautifully. Yeah. She's full of possibility and no attitude, 
I mean, it's a lot what she's going through right now, right? I mean, it's like from being anonymous to being like yeah. literally on the limelight of everything, the cover of all the magazines, hosting the Met Gala last night, being, you know, the poet of the inauguration. I mean, it's it's like a lot. And she seems to be doing it with such grace and poise and, uh, you know, but still with substance. See, this is the thing. Like, I like that she's not becoming just a pop thing of the moment, right? Like there is so much substance in her. Isn't that nice? Yeah. And it, that speaks volumes to her personality and her goals that she's, she's so solid, but she's so full of potential. And I just love listening to her and watching her. And she came from, I mean, certainly for many of us, we had never heard of her before. Right. And there she was in her yellow coat at that inauguration and just awestruck at, oh my goodness, there's there's hope, you know, there's, there's goodness out there. And she's taken that and just continues to be that person. And I have a lot of respect for that. Yes. And, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be very exciting to see her career unfold because she's so young. And um, I think that she's grabbing the momentum. And uh, that's also part of being generous. You know, a lot of other people in her position would have said, I'm not a public persona, leave me alone. Mm -hmm. I'm closing the door. I'm not doing interviews. I'm not on the cover of any magazine. I just, I'm just writing. I'm intellectual. I'm bohemian. You know, like all right. these things that, that used to be part of the lexicon of the intellectual cross, upper cross, right? I mean, it's yeah. like... She's everywhere now. And like she but again, like she's doing it with substance. And so I appreciate. Oh, my God. You know, she's on the cover of Vogue. What, you know, kudos to you. I mean, I rather right. see that that any of the other strange phenomena things that, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to name names, but they right. all start with a K. So yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm like, you Thank know, you. I want to see that. Right. I yeah. want to see. I mean, I'm inspired by many things. I'm not it's it's I'm not necessarily inspired, but just like intellectual. I mean, I'm inspired by J-Lo. I mean, are you kidding me? I want to be like that. It's 52 years old looking that yeah. way. I mean, woo. And, yeah. and it's like, you know, it's giving so much power to to the feminine. It's giving power to Latinos. It's giving power to okay. women. And like, you know, I am inspired by people who can do amazingly well without, I don't like the anger, man. I just, I'm, I'm like right now, there is too much anger and sometimes it's not even justified or actually formulated in a way that makes sense. Right. right. I mean, it's, it's like, we can't just like read five things on Wikipedia and come with theories. It's just not the way things work. I understand that there is a lot of wrongs that need to be repaired. I'm all for that. And I, I whatever I can do in my power to help people fix wrongs, I can, I will, but I don't think that it, Anger is good for mobilizing people right. for good and bad. And we've seen that happening very recently for good and bad and for, you know, different purposes. So, but at the end of the day, if you really think about what does anger bring besides an explosion of emotions and that's okay. anger, right? More anger. It's more mm -hmm. anger. And it's like, it's a never ending cycle that does not have a closure, right? Because when you feel you've been wronged, anger comes from a feeling that you've been wronged, your rights or whatever, your feelings have been trespassed. And if you just continue finding the, a situation or a reason to support why you're so angry and so upset, you're never going to run out of 
things to add to that, you know, because it's true. And you can you can keep finding aggravations. And there's that's no way to live. That's that's actually it's drinking the whole poison that you're claiming that you're pointing fingers at. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. I think, you know, certainly there's there's reasons and places for anger. But if you can take that and turn it around to what can I do with my story? How can I how can I turn this into something that's going to make a difference? How can I be a good example? How can I, how can I help others and change things in a positive way and take that anger and, and say, what's the story I'm going to write? You know, I, I think that unfairness, it's something that bothers me tremendously. And with the unfairnesses in this world, the historical unfairnesses, all those things are tremendously painful for anybody, honestly, who, anybody who's a, an empathetic human being. Mm-hmm. But I also think that there is a point, not necessarily of moving on, but of there is a, there are points of, yeah, there are points of moving on. The truth is, and there are points of forgiveness. And then it's exactly what you say. If I stay in my anger forever, do I really have an opportunity to change the world for the better? Do I want to create more enemies or do I want to actually invite people to the conversation by yes. handing an olive branch and saying, you think this, I think this, maybe there is a middle point and we can two of us hold on to this olive branch, right? And this is like, listen, as small as, as this conversation that can happen between two people, this is how wars start. This yeah. is, you know, like this is literally like things happen. Like, I mean, the, the communication breaks down because you are so sure that your point is the right one and that the other person is absolutely wrong. And this is how we have, you know, weapons of mass destruction and Afghanistan and, you know, a lot of things that make no sense for the lay human being because we do not have access to, you know, the Oval Room and we don't know what's happening. We don't know anything, right? Like we're just paying taxes like crazy. And right. You know, we don't really have enough answers. We are at the mercy of the media. That's what we receive because I don't have a line to Biden. I don't have a line. I don't know what's going on. I really don't. So I I think it starts with you and knowing that out of anger and out of miscommunication and actually being so entrenched in your position, I don't necessarily think anything good can come up. Actually, it strangles creativity too, because without a different point of view and diversity and whatnot, and the, it's diversity for all. I mean, if I am Latino, I'm I want to listen from my friends in Texas who are like fifth generation farmers. I want to listen from you know my black friends who actually grew up in Louisiana and they are descendants of slaves. I want to listen from the Chinese guy across the street who's yeah. fixing my shoes, because. If I am just in an echo chamber listening to myself all the time, I am going to get in trouble. Yes. Very soon, I tell you. (laughs) Like, if I'm in the echo chamber all day long, it's just going to take a few more, you know, days or weeks until the whole (laughs) thing starts. Before it's done. And and I think that's uh, that has never been the spirit of America. That the, the whole, even though we, it was sold to us as a marketing tool, whatever that it was, it worked. Mm-hmm. This this whole country was built on an experiment of freedom. And yes, I know, I understand, like, you know, the years of slavery are talking against that. And again, right. it, it's something very serious that we all have to educate ourselves and work really hard in in kind of figuring out what we can do to mend and and repair the fabric that has been, you know, broken. But I also think that 
this country and it's the best country in the world because it's my country and I'm an American citizen and I still believe it's the best country in the world deserves better in yeah. the in the sense of how we're treating each other exactly. how we're putting our, how we're putting our ideas out and also in the very controversial thought that maybe there is something enlightening to learn from the other side yeah. maybe they I'm just saying maybe from whatever <laughs> whatever side you are Right. There is a possibility that there is a little nugget of information, knowledge, and enlightenment that can be from somebody or something that comes from the totally opposite position that you're holding on to right now. And it's okay. It's actually okay. It helps. It does. To have. Yeah. I love those conversations so much and I seek them out. I, I really do. I, I love to be in a place where, where, you know, call it a safe zone or whatever, but the person I'm talking to, we know we might not agree, but we want to just appreciate each other, learn from each other, where each other's coming from. And then hopefully I can take that and my, and give more grace out as, as I walk through my day, you know, because really you're right. And it all goes back to creative thinking, right? If, if we're not willing to creatively approach how we're walking through the world, it's not going to be very fun. It's not, no. fun. it's just a kind of a weak word. It's not going to be very empowering. We're not going to help others. We're not going to help ourselves. We're not going to teach our kids things. It's, it's tricky. It's very tricky, but it's worth it. Yes. And also you have to remember that in any sort of business and occupation, people need customers and it's going to be very, very difficult just to serve one type of customer. I know we are in a phase right now where it's all about going back and it's not about interconnectedness. It's about going, you know, closer to the roots of who each one of us is. But any, and you know, I've heard this from people, oh, but I'm the software guy. I don't have clients. Yes, but you work for a business that actually depends on the clients to be able to pay your bills, you know, to, to pay your salary. So you actually have customers. It's just, you might not necessarily interact with them, but we need to, it, it's not that you are everything to everyone because that doesn't work either, but we we just can't move forward if we don't appreciate that there are dif- diverse points of view, that there are diverse customers, that the people in the world and in this country, but in the world are different. And mm-hmm. they come with a lot of very different thoughts and feelings and ideas. And it's kind of sad to see that I, families that have fought and broken up because of political ideals. And at the end of the day, you, they were fighting for something and or claiming certain fanaticism, if you will, mm-hmm. for certain people who do not know who they are, right. people who don't care about them, and people who actually go in right. on with their lives. You know, right. I mean, it's like, and I kind of am puzzled by how do we justify in the 21st century where we have so much uh, at our disposal in terms of resources, how do we justify le- getting to the level of fanaticism where there are people who like don't talk to the parents don't, or or even like file for divorce because of like their thinking, their ideologies in politics are so different and there's no middle ground. I mm-hmm. just, I have, it's a sociological experiment as well because yes. an anthropological one to see up close, but it's a, it's a very difficult one to, for me particularly, mm-hmm. to understand that Nobody can actually find a middle ground or that nobody can actually say, you know what, this is not taking us anywhere. Let's just stop this. Right. And uh, even human if you- to human instead of yeah. ideology to ideology. Mm-hmm. Right. 
Yeah. Oh, so much to chew on. <laughs> I know it's very controversial. And that's the thing. I mean, this, this is so crazy that we are discussing things that maybe 10 years ago were not necessarily our daily bread. And now not they are. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of people feel they are walking on eggshells when they go to their offices and because they can't say things. And okay, you know what? I mean, we're, we're really going through a very, very complicated time. And um, it's not just the pandemic, it's, it's just a million things that have been bubbling up and now they are coming up to the surface and we have to navigate them with a lot of care. Yes. And uh, a lot of care. I think so too. And I think that, I, I mean, it's just different and challenging for each of us in, in so many ways that are, that again, are our own story. But I think if we can bring it around to those things that are important to us, and if one of those is, you know, kindness, generosity, giving grace to others, then it just makes the conversation that much more interesting, willing to be willing to listen. And if we can take that and use it in our creative lives and grow from that, then that's, that's what I try to do at least. And I, I can see that you're just full of all that opportunity and I can't wait. I can't wait for more. I can't wait. I would love to have you back when the book comes out too. I would love that. I am going to be back. I I will. It's my pleasure. (laughs) I will be back. I am excited for everything. And I am always very excited and intrigued by people like you who do this incredible work of working and, you know, polishing the podcast and editing. I think that sometimes our wonderful audience don't know the amount of work that goes into this and the energy, right? Your energy, my energy. And it's uh, all, again, in like the best interest of putting ideas. You know, we're thinkers. We, We get, you know, we get excited by the possibilities of how this new ideas or our own thoughts in any way, shape or manner can benefit others. And, you know, this willingness to give and take a little bit, you know, because this is all a give and take. I'm listening to you and the art of listening has been lost Mm -hmm. as well, right? I mean, not not the podcast because everybody's listening to podcasts, but the art of communication. Listening to each other. Yeah. Yeah. So go get a pen out, everybody, and go spend 10 minutes writing somewhere where you're not focused on anything else. Yes. And check out all of Maria's information. It's all going to be in the show notes. And I will, of course, I've mentioned it in the introduction, but she is a force to be reckoned with a beautiful, creative, shining person that I'm so glad to know. Thank you so much. Thank you, Margo. I'm very lucky to meet you and I'm very pleased with this. And I just send a lot of love to everybody and a lot of creative and positive energy so that they can fulfill their dreams. That's what it's all about. Thank you, Maria. That's it for this episode of Windowsill Chats. Thanks so much for being here with me. It's just so great to be able to bring you these conversations with the fantastic people and wonderful friends that I've met and made along the way. Make sure you subscribe to Windowsill Chats on your favorite podcast app and please share it with a friend. And if this episode spoke to you, I'd really appreciate it if you would also leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. You can just go to the bottom of the episode you've just listened to and it'll let you leave a review. If you have any questions or want to check out more details or inspiration that we talked about, head over to the show notes at windowsillchats.com or tantostudio.com. They'll both take you to the same place. I can't wait to share more stories with you again next week. 
I value your time and I absolutely believe in your potential. Have a great one, everyone, and stay creatively curious.